Michael studied business, started his career as a journalist, and today he is a branded content producer, a screenwriter, and an all-round entrepreneur in the entertainment industry, with experiences including running Tyra Banks' company. In this episode, you'll learn about branded content, the writing business, Michael's own entrepreneurship experience, and even a look at how the metaverse will affect the future of the industry. Thank you, Michael. I'm very happy to have you because we've we've known each other for so long and we have been in uh, the same industry for quite some time. So this is a beautiful opportunity to reconnect with you and to ask you actually what your job consists of. Please, you have the floor. <laughs> yes, my current job is that I uh, run a branded entertainment company and I'll explain what that really means. But I also produce and pitch TV and movie projects. And I'm currently in the throes of that. I'm in Los Angeles. So it becomes, a, it becomes the proximity is to the industry is such that I can pop across town and take meetings. On the branded entertainment side, I have a company that produces mostly scripted content for major brands. Our company represents brands like Richemont, which is located in Switzerland, and Konami, which is located in Tokyo. And uh, we've done large and small companies. Okay, so I would say let's start with um, branded content. And then as a content producer, what, what is your daily job? What does it look like? My daily job is on the branded entertainment side, it's uh, dealing with clients' needs and wants and uh, helping projects through three different stages. The introduction phase where we're actually actively pitching companies about projects that they have uh, that they want promotion for. And in most of the cases, we're creating fictional content for products and companies. So let's say a company wants to promote a new product. Uh, we find out who the audience is, what their message is, covert and overt, and we come up with scripted ideas. So we storyboard ideas about how to address their needs and the product's needs. And when that advances to the middle stage, we're setting up shoots very much like a film production. We're hiring contractors uh, for cinematography, depending on the needs of the project. Uh, we find locations. And once the client approves the story, then we go out and produce it and shoot it, edit it, and deliver it to the client. And uh, sometimes the client wants us to be at their the company to premiere it. Sometimes they just want us to deliver it digitally so that they can use it however they want. Uh, so that's branded entertainment. The great thing about branded entertainment is you get you get paid up front and at the midway point and at the when it's finished. Whereas in TV and movies, you have to raise all this money and you don't really get a payoff until the very end. Okay. So what's the other side of your business? And it's more, it is really more into production and uh, entertainment and financing. Is it right? Yes. And I was introduced to the business of Hollywood and te television because I started as a, um, a journalist and then mm -hmm. wrote a screenplay based on one of the stories I did when I worked for ABC. So wrote a screenplay about that and chances happened, and it just, just so happened that it won a national contest here in the US. And mm. that introduced me to the business of Hollywood, made lots of contacts, and I still have those contacts today. And okay. so, um, so I create 
television stories and uh, movie ideas and write them and then pitch them. Okay, so you you are the writer of the the screenplays and uh, yes. the stories that you then produce. Okay, so writer yes. and producer. How difficult is it to you know in now <laughs> on our day and age where where a lot of people want to be in your shoes and want to produce their material? Well, you know, and not to pat myself on the back, uh, you, there has <laughs> to be a there has to be a certain level of skill involved. There's a story in L.A. Everybody has a screenplay, including yeah. the people serving you and taking your toll money and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember uh, but that. <laughs> it, yeah. But, um, but you know, there's there's a certain level of talent that's in, that's needed. You know, if you want to be a singer, you have to be able to sing. If you're a writer, yeah. you need to be able to write. If you're a producer, you have to be incredibly organized. Um, mm. And you have to be able to be good in a room. You have to be able to pitch your projects. Your question was, how difficult is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's difficult. Even when you're uh, an excellent writer or producer, it's still difficult because there are so many people and there's so many talented people who are trying to get the same slots. Right. And did you get any slots? <laughs> did you get um, your own um, yes. material produced? Yeah, your own screenplays? Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's something called optioning where a production company or distributor is so is interested enough in your project that they put down money to secure the project for themselves to see if they can get it made. And I've so I've sold, I've optioned more projects than I've uh, sold, but I've sold projects as well. And um, okay. yeah, it's it's works out really well. Awesome. And so when you're a writer, of course, there's a creative vein. And then when you're producing and you need to finance it, there's there's the organizational vein, as you were saying. How do you balance the two? Or do you need to be really good at both? Or do you have also have help, like external help or a team that helps you with this? Yes. Well, on the distribution and the selling part, I have partners on each different project. And they are often... Uh, with complementary skills. So if I'm more the creative, they're more the business people. Although I like to pride myself on being able to pitch and uh, understand the business side. But yeah, it's it's very much like the film industry. You're you're. It's never one person doing a project. It's a very collaborative business. It's nice if you have team members who have complementary skills who can accentuate and augment the skills that you do have. Yeah. Okay. So actually, let's backtrack to your uh, studies. So you said that you were a journalist. You studied as a journalist. Is that what you studied? I uh, actually studied business and okay. um, then was thrust into the creative field, mainly because I uh, went into journalism and did that for a long time and wrote a story that got me inserted into the music, uh, to the movie business. Okay, I'd like to know a bit more in detail, if you if you can, to see like once you s finished your studies, what propelled you into journalism and then the context? Because that's I'm sure that a lot of people who are listening are going to be uh, you know wondering how do I do that too? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, to be very honest, I got into the journalism side because I stayed in at college. I went away to college. I stayed at college because my girlfriend was working at the local radio station. And so okay. I stayed there and worked with her and found out that I really liked it. 
so just by chance, okay. I it just nice. kind of thrusts me into the business. And you know that's that's kind of a that's kind of a, a a bit of advice for young people trying to find their path. It's often yeah. those uh, chance meetings that lead you down the path. And if you find something attractive, that'll lead you in a path that is that's probably going to be fulfilling to you. Uh, so follow your instincts, especially early on. Follow your uh, connections, and uh, you know don't be too emotional about not yeah. following a path that maybe your parents want you to follow or that you had determined for yourself. Uh, if you're going to be happy and fulfilled, you need to use your instincts, especially early on. Yeah. Um, very good advice. Thank you, Michael. Because it, it's it, it's true that you need to. It, it's a juggling between you know being a dreamer, being realistic, being good at what you do, and determined, uh, and all and all of this. So, what would you uh, suggest that someone you know now that you have experience, you know, several decades of experience, you know, I'm sure there are things that you know now, which you didn't know then. These are some lessons learned that other people could be benefiting from. Yes. The, the first and foremost message and lesson that I would impart is make connections. Uh, mm. Whenever you meet someone, and not only for friendship and you know, potential love interest, but figure out how they might fit into your life from a professional perspective. Because I have contacts now that I made years ago who happen to emerge and they, they offer something to me or they say, hey, I'm doing this. What are you doing? And can we join together on a project? So make contacts and work them. Stay in touch with them. And I, the story that I have to tell is an intern that worked with me when I was working at CNBC. She was methodical about finding out when your birthday was your parents' names, where you're from. And she would always stay in touch and send cards on your birthday, on around holidays. And years later, she called me and said, by the way, Michael, can you help me find a job in this small town that she was from? And I happened to know people who worked there, called them, said this woman is a powerhouse. She's amazing. And she got the job there. And now she has a, oh. a, a, a big job in local TV uh, in the Midwest, the U.S., Fantastic. So she was she was a person who reminded me that contacts were everything. Contacts and nurturing those contacts, yeah, which is also yes, yeah, yes. very very important. Staying in touch. Staying in touch, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did stay in touch. That's uh, that's been yeah. many years down the road, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Which which is great. And um, do you want to share any? Are there any myths about your job? What you do? Of course, the th the first I could be thinking of is it's glamorous. It's uh, something that everybody wants to do. Is is it true? Is it glamorous? Is it uh, fulfilling all the time? Uh, you get to see, meet stars and, and all this stuff that we, you know, common people can think of imagining your job. Common people. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, but you find yourself, and initially it's exciting. I ran Tyra Banks' company and eventually it just becomes standard. It's, it's okay. And when we would go places, People would clamor to, to speak to her and they would just be beside themselves trying to get some FaceTime with Tyra. And it just, it becomes old hat. It just becomes what's, you know, what's normal, what's to be expected. And it's, yeah. it's 
not always, and most of the time it's not glamorous. It's a job, and hopefully mm-hmm. you're enjoying the job. But you know that's that's where it is. It's not uh, the glamour is you know reserved for things like the Academy Awards and big events, but and movie premieres. But for yeah. the most part, it's hard work. Yeah, <laughs> I can confirm this. <laughs> you know, being um, having two kind of professions if you will is one more preponderant than the other like do you actually earn your living from one of the two and then the other one is let's say uh, more of a side uh, side job or are they both equally let's say, bringing you yeah yeah well the branded entertainment side is more predictable you know if you're if you ever studied business you're you're looking for a revenue trend line that is sloping up steadily and mm-hmm. Uh, relatively slowly. And so uh, the branded entertainment side, because brands pay well and they pay reliably, it's predictable trend, but it's not, it's not as satisfying. So the emotional reward is much greater when you've created something, you've created yeah. characters and a story from scratch, just from your head. And it's, it starts to get a following and people start saying, oh, this is really good. And I, I want to produce it with you. So that's more satisfying that way. The branded entertainment yeah. side definitely, you know, delivers more on the financial reward part. Right. Do you get any creative freedom with the branded entertainment side? You get some, but brands tend to be very, very protective of their stories, mm. their their you know images, and certainly new products. They're very protective. So you have to mm. you have to. Uh, it's a different set of skills. You have to understand their needs respond to their needs, be very proactive about making sure that they're happy and that the product you deliver them is honors their their mission and their goals. Uh, so it's, it's not as creative that way. Uh, you're pitching the stories to them and they'll pick one and they'll say, well, why don't we do this? And why don't we change that? So it's really intensely collaborative. Uh, whereas TV and film are collaborative as well, but in a different way. Are you also writing? Are you the writer for the, the branded content? Yes, yes. Okay, so you write. And that's, that keeps, keeps me writing, even if it's <laughs> for a product, even if it's to prom- promote something. Promote a product, But yeah. a, a good example of uh, effective branded entertainment, and this is the, an old example that really, it, it does it right. I don't know if you remember BMW Films. Yeah. They, they spent a million dollars on each short segment and they starred Clive Owen, and that was really his first big project. And those did it really well. And they were like movies. And the stories, the products were always in frame, but never never drove home the product message too strongly. And so for me, when I'm taking on a client, I think, okay, that's my goal, is to create their version of BMW films, something that's beautiful and mm. effective and that they're happy with. What do you enjoy most? about your job? I enjoy, I actually enjoy the contact with new people. I, mm-hmm. I love going into meetings and you have no idea. The Japanese pitches were really informative and interesting, culturally informative. Oh, yeah. Culturally. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Uh, and I, I studied hard to, to make sure that I didn't offend anyone, that I did all the right things, but I love meeting new people. And when you're doing any kind of project, you're always meeting new people. I did a table read for one of my TV projects and you're meeting all of these people who are starving actors who are just 
you know, they're enjoying the fact that they're sitting there reading new content and they're always hopeful that they're going to be discovered somehow, but they're, they all have amazing stories. So that, that for me, the people mm. connection is what, what it, you know, it's what it's all about. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And, um, you know, uh, you're independent, right? So you must be looking for your own customers. Now, is that, do you find that uh, easy, um, you know, for the way you are? Um, I, I imagine if someone once who is a writer, uh, maybe an, an, a journalist, was a journalist or has been a journalist, has more of the creative juices running <laughs> through their veins, but maybe less of the commercial side. Is it... Uh, what kind of profile should you have in order to be successful? Because that's that's one of the first things you said, you know, not only being able to write, but also being being able to pitch. Well, I, I think the, the essential quality is to be honest with yourself. You have to be able to self-assess and say to yourself, do I really have the skills to do this? Do I really want to do it? Or am I doing it because I think it might be glamorous or interesting or uh, fruitful and I might make a lot of money doing it? Mm. Um, you have to be honest with yourself, uh, just like a singer, uh, you have to, you have to take the compliments along with the criticisms. And if there are more criticisms than compliments, then, you know, maybe this is not the, the job for me. It's, it's true. If, if you're pitching a project or you're pitching a business, you have to be honest with yourself and say, am I good at doing this? And you, you know, that in that case, you know, because either you get the, the project or not, or either they pay you to do it or not. Uh, and if you do that enough and you fail, then you, you think to yourself, maybe I need to go back to school and figure something else out. Hmm. Uh, but yes, being honest with yourself, that is the key quality. And there's always the risk in, in an industry like this one that you say, okay, I'll give it a try. I'll try one year and then two years go by, three years go by. Uh, what would be your advice as to, you know, how how long should should you be trying? It's a well, tricky question. <laughs> it's a tricky question, mainly because I did mostly business most of the time. And, you know, later in life, am I ha do I have the time now to dedicate myself to purely creative projects? Yeah. Uh, so setting a time limit is dangerous because it, you hear about later in life success stories all the time, even though it's a, it's a you know, the movie and TV business are mainly for younger people. But you shouldn't set a time limit. What you should do is judge by how exhausted you are. And if you've been told that you have the skills and you have given it everything you possibly can and you've made contacts and you've tried to get them to help you and you've done everything, everything you possibly can, then that's your built-in time limit. If you, you say to yourself, okay, I'm tired now, but give yourself plenty of time and don't expect, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to write a screenplay and I'm going to sell it by August or whenever, don't do that. That's a recipe for failure because it never happens when you want it to happen or how it happens, how you want it to happen. Mm -hmm. Never. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Mm. I mean, I look at technology and the way it's changing jobs, especially, you know, artificial intelligence, uh, virtual reality, uh, augmented reality and whatnot. Do you see a future a change in the future of your profession through technology in for the yeah. good or for the bad? Well, you know, it's, it's tough for me to say it for good or bad because we're really right now in the transition to things like the metaverse. I, I like mm -hmm. to think of myself as someone who is aware of what's going on around me. And so yeah. I, I, I like to experiment with new things. 
I'm doing a, two projects now that are that involve the metaverse, creating content and experiences for the metaverse in sometimes a scripted scenario. And so, you know, if you can follow the technology and you're not scared by technology, uh, just follow it along. And the current tra- transformation mm-hmm. with streamers being active uh, revenue lines and active places to get your content seen, that offers new opportunities. It's the platinum age of television now. People who n- and never mm-hmm. could get a spot on broadcast television or spot on a screen can get their projects made. Yeah, And it's really an exciting time. It really, really is. Can you explain for the layman what a metaverse is? Metaverse? Yes, the metaverse is a, a virtual experience. If you know the 3D goggles, when you put 3D goggles on, mm-hmm. you are brought into a, a game-like experience. Sometimes you're just looking at mm-hmm. scenics that were shot separately from you, but you feel like you're on that mountain or you feel like you're on that roller coaster ride. Uh, the metaverse is a content experience, a uh, you know, TV or film or just kind of a virtual reality that is done purely digitally. These worlds don't exist in reality most of the time or many of the time. And you're experiencing things that you would never normally experience. That's what they're talking about the metaverse. Right now is a great opportunity to figure out something to do in the metaverse, mainly because the the traditional distributors don't really know what they want to do in the metaverse. All they they heard that this is the way to go for the future. And uh, they have yet to experience what they're what they really want to do so it's a great opportunity to be creative and to be a content maker figuring out oh let's propose this and see if somebody likes it and if if they do let's do it um, and so it's an exciting time and there are now people in charge of metaverse experiences at all the major talent studios many of the major brands everybody at the at the major studios and streamers are thinking, uh, what are we going to do in the metaverse? Uh, so it's it's exciting. So there will also be new jobs or new professions, uh, yes. profiles coming up um, thanks to, uh, or because yes, of absolutely. The, the, the metaverse. Okay, so maybe metaverse experts <laughs> being hired by companies yeah. or I don't know what kind of profiles could there could be. It's it's interesting to explore further for, you know, for young, young people who are, starting today and you know will be ready for the the job market in maybe two three years time or four years time it could it could be definitely interesting to to see that further so i'll i'll look into that thank you for sure maybe there will be more professionals to to interview in that realm although it's still very very early in the game yeah but it's (laughs) The way you have to think about the metaverse now, it's like cars were when there were still horses and buggies everywhere. People yeah. would say, okay, do I, uh, do I really want to buy a car? I love my horse. I love my buggy. And there were all of these companies that stepped in and did, you know, Ford did the mass production. Other companies made tires and things that uh, were needed. And so these little otherwise unknown uh, occupations and products and businesses sprung up. And now is the same period for the metaverse and digital experiences. You think, okay, what kind of job is needed here? Is that something I really want to do? And then you can, you know, be an entrepreneur and start something or go work for a company that's doing exciting things. If you could go back in time, Michael, would you do something different? No, 
definitely not. Uh, uh. You know, and maybe some previous relationships, but no. <laughs> awesome that's great uh, that's that you know that shows you're very satisfied with what you do and uh it's it's yeah. really fantastic and and for that i i really uh, um i really wish you uh, you know an equal amount of time <laughs> ahead of you of success of successful stories and then content that we can see on the screen or the small or big screen or metaverse <laughs> eventually right. If you want to say you have another advice um, or two for young people that you would like to share. Don't waste your 20s. If you're a teen and you're about to enter your 20s or you're in your 20s, your 20s are a time for exploration of all kinds. Don't settle into formulas for what you think you should be or what your parents think you should be or whatever, or society. That is the time to really explore Figure out what's going to make you happy, make you comfortable, and make you feel fulfilled. Uh, the thing that always comes up in my scripts is this phrase, nudge the world a little. If you do things uh, one at a time that you think will nudge the world just a little bit, it doesn't have to be you know, crazy, but something that moves the world forward, that helps the human condition, you, you can never go wrong doing that. On that note, we end. It's a perfect way to end this thank you so much michael you're very welcome. good advice if you can learn from the older generation such as mine <laughs> then listen to michael don't waste your 20s use them for exploration of all kinds don't settle into formulas set by society or family and most of all make contacts chance meetings that lead you down the path and see how they can be fitting into your life today and tomorrow <laughs>